You are listening to I See You. A podcast about the things that make us truly ourselves. The name of this podcast is I See You. And that came from a discussion very similar to this in which we were discussing how we are all individuals. We have a certain authenticity to our our person, our, our inner being that we desperately crave someone to understand and to see. And I think that one of the most powerful things that a person can experience is, is truly being seen and understood for who you really are. Seeing the person, not, you know, not the, all the labels and the layers of, yeah, but actually like the, the spiritual depth of who you really are, which not everyone is always going to see, but some people, no matter what, will see right through. Yeah. Like you could meet someone stranger on the street and immediately they just know and they know and they and you're like, wow, that person really saw me like they they saw through every layer, every category. I'm not just. Luna, the lady with many different titles and different jobs and parental roles and all these things, but they saw like the lifetimes and the humanity of who I really am and what I'm here and really I think that's for. Something I've craved for most of my life. You know, I didn't really fit in super well with any one group growing up. I wasn't someone who was like into a sport or I don't know what people in the Midwest care about other than sports and corn. Uh, this is why I don't live there anymore because I don't fit in at all. So, and, and so growing up, not fitting in, not feeling like I belonged, I had a really intense drive to find my authenticity, my place where people would see me for who I was and understand my layers and my and see past them through them to me but the truth of the matter is is i really think that even people who you may not even think like you see the guy and you're you know he plays football and he's this he fits into this box and then you find That's out later that wasn't who he was he was just trying to fit in like everybody and try to figure out who the hell they are you know and maybe they are a person who genuinely loves football and of course there's nothing wrong with that that's great throw it around yeah and that's fine it's just yeah we're not gonna have much to talk about (laughs) i mean i can drink beer i can i can love beer love it not as much as cider but you know you know i can get down and i just feel like i don't know i think even that guy uh that jock might be capable of busting down some walls and having some spiritual discussions. I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but I think once you kind of get into the groove of a conversation, that's kind of fun. Like, yeah. what do you think happens when you die? Let's talk about it. I don't like to have small talk. I don't like to talk about the weather. And- oh God, I have to do that sometimes at work. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh, what did you do over the weekend? Oh, the weather was nice. Oh, Betsy Lou. I mean, but in a way that's like a, if you didn't hear the words coming out of people's mouths and you just watched them conversing, it's just a very nonverbal, verbal way of being like, hey, I'm glad you're alive. How are you? Like, instead of saying like, hey, I'm glad you're alive. I think you're a pretty cool human being. You know, you don't want to have someone like come up to me and be like, I'm glad you're alive. Glad you're alive. I'm glad you're a human being. Although I have told a lot of my friends that I'm glad they exist. I mean, there's definitely some people that I really probably don't want to exist. Is that a horrible thing to say? Even the people who suck, I think their suckage has a purpose. Maybe that's something I tell myself so I can sleep at night. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, I would like to believe that they're, we're all here. Not that I think I'm some superior fucking being. I mean, I am, but you know. <laughs> I think that, you know, when you're here on this planet, it's important to at least try to leave behind whatever it is in a little bit better place. I mean, be the fucking Girl Scout or whatever. Right. But, you know, you see somebody who needs something, give it to them if you can. And you see the earth hurting, then you heal something about it if you can. If you see somebody 
crying, you, you know, you walk up to somebody and you're, you give a fuck, you know? It's so hard these days. You've run out of fucks so easily, but you have to keep those extra emergency fucks for those situations. If you can, if you can, I get it. Like right now it's hard to do anything. Just, it was super cool the way this all came together. We're always having these deep philosophical conversations and we'll spend like four hours on the phone with each other. It is and then, hours. yeah, at least. And then you, one day you, you just said to me, you're like, what do you think about making a podcast? And, and just like, we'll edit the shit out of the stuff we talk about. And I'm like, that's actually a fucking brilliant idea. And we've always wanted to do something. We thought it was a book. We thought it was a this. But you it's know, a podcast. This feels right. Total, this does feel right. And I, and I love that we have, you know, similar but different point of view. We definitely have like a few years between us. Just a few. So. I mean, not that many. No, not really. 16? Yeah, yeah. Like older sister. I mean, seriously, my friend just had a baby after her kid was like 19. I'm like, that's... Oh, wow. They're siblings, you know? It's kind of weird. That is weird. I know that happens. I know people have like late in life children. Like they'll have their... Oopsie babies. Early kids (laughs) and then their, their late kids, whether it's on purpose or on accident. Sometimes people get remarried and they're like, let's do this again. I don't remember how hard it was. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know how people do that. I love all of my offspring, but I definitely wouldn't want to do it again. My dad says too. And he's real honest about it. You know, he's just like, you know, I enjoyed my life, but had I, had I been given the choice to do it over, I don't want to, I wouldn't get married again in his life, but like, He's done You're just it. coming from a different experience, though, at this point where, and I totally get what he's saying, like, you at 20 or 25 or 27 or whatever the age was when your dad got married was a different person than he is today at 60-something yeah. years old with that life experience, like, given the brain that you now have and knowing everything you've gone through. And it's been a lot. I mean, he had a business that he lost when he broke his hip because this is America. And mm-hmm. if you hadn't caught that. Mm-hmm. America. Yeah. So he's he's been through a lot. His brother died fairly young. That was really hard for him. Developed COPD. It's been rough. He hasn't had an easy time. My mom hasn't had an easy time either. I mean, she'd hate if I aired her dirty laundry, but she's got some. Everybody does. It, it hasn't been... Uh, easy for her either life has been kind of brutal and all my parents have ever really wanted was for me to have an easier life than them that's funny that's <laughs> so cute um like <laughs> paid how much money for a car and how much money for a house oh honey no my life is not gonna be easier than yours no matter how hard you tried and i love that you tried but mm-mm. no it is strange though isn't it like every generation fucks up something for the next and then makes something a little bit better in some ways. I mean, the environment's definitely been fucked by this mass consumption. You know, my grandparents would have the milk delivered, you know, and glass bring that back probably in certain parts of the West coast. Well, actually there is where my parents live. There's uh, a Midwest. Yeah. There's a local dairy. They're pretty wholesome grass fed cows that go outside and play in the sunshine and they're starting to do local delivery, which is great. That is pretty great. You know, some of the bringing back old style of things is like, you know, having community, having people rely on each other, farmers markets, all these beautiful things that took place in the past and having them take place now is wonderful. You know, all the racism and all the other bullshittery that's always been around um, and, and bringing that out is definitely not something that I would like to encourage. <laughs> no. When people romanticize the past, they often completely ignore people of color. and uh, Or women or yeah. anybody that's considered any kind of minority. Because- yeah. Which is hilarious that women are somehow a minority, even though we're 51% of the population. Yeah. I was looking at um, loans and grants for this farm that I'm trying to open hopefully in the next year or so there's a grant or a loan program for women and minorities and I'm like I don't feel like those two categories should be lumped together because 
white women, I mean, like they're historically underrepresented in farming communities, sure, but there's definitely more help needs to be going to people of color, especially women of color. Absolutely. Then let's say, you know, or tra- like trans, you know, women yeah. of color, like there's some LGBTQIA plus grants out there. That, that'd be nice. Well, Something that's been brought to my, so much has been brought to my attention in 2020. Like a lot of people are like 2020, the worst year that ever happened, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know, a lot of shit has gone down in 2020, but a lot of worse shit has happened previously. Well, yeah. And it's just, it's so bringing things to the surface. It's like, you're finally dealing with your shit, America. Like you are racist fucks who disseminate everybody that's not a European descent and you know, you fuck over anybody who makes you uncomfortable. So the entire, you know, uh, I'm going to fuck this up. LGBTQ. I, a, I don't know. T is for, I forgot the T, but anyways, <laughs> lesbian, gay, LGBT, trans. bisexual, trans. And then they added Q for queer, which is people who don't fit in those categories. And then I, I believe is intersex. Yes. A, I believe is asexual. I think A is asexual. I, A, and then plus is anyone who doesn't fit in those categories. But that's right. a little confusing because isn't that what queer also is? Queer is kind of a, a broad term that was taken back because it used to be a slur. Right. And, you know, people will refer to the queer community and that kind of is an umbrella for all those other things. So adding right. the plus, I think, is a little unnecessary, but whatever. If people want to identify however they want to identify and it doesn't fit exactly. in those categories. Right. I mean, I, I, I totally feel you there. But I, the thing is, is like coming from a little bit of an older generation, not that much older. But you know, I love that I have learned so much even myself, someone who's very open about, you know, trans folks and actually knowing a lot of trans people now. And when I was growing up, I didn't, you know, I didn't know it wasn't as and it's not like they didn't exist. No, absolutely. They're definitely different people they just didn't feel comfortable enough and they're and and like my daughter's aunt she's like you know I didn't know that I was non-binary until in until I was in therapy and someone said well that sounds like non-binary just being able to have a category to put yourself in some ways does help you identify and understand who you are and I think that has been a, a problem I've faced a lot because I don't feel like I fit in any sort of category um, at all, even a little You're bit. A so plus. we've talked a little bit about how we came up with the idea to do the podcast, but we kind of didn't tell the entire story. The entire story is actually quite a long one. It starts almost 30 years ago when I was born. And Luna was a 16-year-old. I was a fair-skinned female healthy infant that you know people pay good money for 16 though i was 16 and you're really healthy and you don't know what you're doing so you just kind of get through those things you're like i'm strong i can do this you're like oh poor baby child babies having babies but the funny thing is is that our first podcast that we wanted to talk about is how even though i was very white privileged and had all of the right resources and was able to find parents cosmically and very cosmically you know that were and are wonderful that we're both pro-choice choose what you want to in this life with your body yes so yeah we wanted to talk a little bit about uh adoption and abortion and is there another one there's a lot of uh adopt out your kid you can can abort abort, or you can can, is there another option shoot them up to alien world you're like and i can have them abducted by aliens abduction Abduction. Abduction. that is kind of a thing abduction that is kind of a thing but it is though because adoption has historically been used to abduct indigenous and brown-skinned children from their homes and cultures and indoctrinate them into i don't want to say white culture because i feel like white culture doesn't exist white supremacy i don't know yeah well, um, white culture doesn't exist. They just go around and terrify and take other, other cultures. We're going to a lot of A words today. Yeah. Appropriate. 
Yeah, so most people, um, I would hope, listening to this know, I hope y'all out there know about the historic schools, the boarding schools for Indigenous children, primarily in the West, South Dakota, North Dakota areas. There's more tribes than I could possibly list that had their children forcibly removed and sent to these re-education schools where they were told that they can't practice their religion, they can't speak their language. And this is not unique, unfortunately. And uh, it actually went on well into the 60s and 70s. And there's been some some projects that have been trying to reunite people with their heritage, basically, because they've been stripped of that. And very interestingly, I mean, I as far as I know, I'm not indigenous. I mean, we, we've been trying to figure out what the hell we are for a while now. Um, I grew up not really having any sort of cultural identity because my parents who adopted me, who are my parents, they're pretty chill, um, but they don't really have any sort of cultural traditions of their own. My dad is sort of Hungarian and he knows some dirty words in Hungarian and my mom's half German and half Irish, and she puts ice in her light beer. So, I mean, she really has no cultural heritage. <laughs> How do you do that? Um, so, like, I wasn't raised with any sort of identity. And I think that actually contributed to me being what I am. And that is a person who is insanely uncomfortable with labels and identities. I don't like to identify as anything. You know, it's weird, though, because I, too, was raised by these, you know, parents who, you know, my dad came from a very Serbian background, is all I know. And I like my grandpa would sing polka music in Serbian. And my mom's family claims to have Native American and Irish and German and everything. But nobody actually had any kind of traditions. Like, I guess that's what being American is all about, is like having no cultural identity. That's horrible. uh, Feeling completely lost. All you have is a fucking cheeseburger to identify with. I mean, it's pretty fucking sad. Like, and and people, that's why people are so starved in this country for that. And they do these different you know cultural circles and they attach themselves to all these different beliefs because they just you know they're lost like they don't yeah yeah i never thought of it that way but you know i i know people who are very proud of their like italian heritage and they have italian festivals that they celebrate they eat italian food and they love that sort of thing and that's great if you have that but a lot of us don't we have nothing This session is brought to you by a new show called Cop Turn Gardener. The lovable gardener, former cop, using his gardening skills to improve his community and track down his previous colleagues' misconduct. <laughs> cop Turn Gardener. And going back to the whole adoption, um, you know, it, it's it's just strange because, you know, you're gifting your, your, you know, DNA to a family who wants to have children. And then there's all of these, nobody talks about their feelings or, you know, you're just supposed to stuff it in and just move forward. You know, hey, you just gave up this baby and now you're going to go be a normal human being. Or, hey, you just... It's just, it's a strange culture that we live in. And it's violent in its own way. I I would think that it's violent. um, That's how I would describe it. I got into a discussion with a girl who had an abortion and I'm very pro-choice. And she and I had the conversation about whether or not like what was harder having an abortion or having an adoption, you know, giving a child up for adoption. And I've done both. So I have a opinion. But the thing is, is that, I I mean, it was very difficult, very difficult to know that you were out in the world somewhere and nobody wanted to talk about it. I had to just like muscle through that and figure it out and hope that you were fine. And I I knew you were fine. For the most part. I mean, life's ups and downs, but it was fine. And it wasn't until I reached out to you guys that I even had those kinds of thoughts. Like, I I, I don't know, I was young. 
I feel like when you're young, you're a little bit more narcissistic. And I had never really thought of my adoption as anything other than like this thing that had happened. And I never thought that it affected me, but it totally did. Absolutely. Can uh, not affect you. Cannot not. I mean, I, my mom, I remember when I was like in like kindergarten, she'd tell people like, you know, she'd tell me to tell people, don't tell people you're adopted. It's none of their business. So I would tell people all the time and I, <laughs> deal. I'd be like hey to my friends I'd be like hey don't tell anybody <laughs> but I'm adopted yeah that's right I know it's super cool well, that generation of women like my mom was like literally hid me from her family while during my pregnancy I was like brought in and out of the house like under a blanket in the back seat of a what? car like fucking smuggled like drugs you know like this is the dirtiest fucking secret of all you are you know i mean it was like it was a lot of trauma i'm sure i haven't dealt with it all but like now looking at it i'm like it's comical and terrifying all at the yeah. same time you know like it's yeah. funny you know your mom's like stuffing you in the fucking back of a car <laughs> <laughs> because you're pregnant and it's like the dirty secret and don't tell anyone in the family. And of course I told all of my friends and family and I fuck you. This is my story. Fuck off. I'm going to tell whoever I want. Yeah. And so it was funny because I had that same kind of uh, attitude towards it. My mom was like, nobody needs to know it's none of their business. She got real excited when people would say we looked real alike because it would make her real happy. And I don't know, but I would tell people. And one of my friends actually told me later that she didn't know what that meant. <laughs> That's so cute. So she had to go to her mom and she went, mom, what does being adopted mean? And she had her mom had to explain it to her. It was real cute. <laughs> oh, that is I didn't cute. even know what that was. I was telling all these kids that had no <laughs> what I was talking about. They're like, was she abducted by aliens? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. They're good aliens. A little bit. But um, so yeah, like growing up, it was not a big deal. My parents did an excellent job, I think, with both me and my brother, who's also adopted, but he has some different experiences. My parents always told us, like from probably when I was like six weeks old and couldn't talk, she'd be like, "I love it, adopted, and this is normal, and this is healthy." Because I have no memory of her telling me that I was adopted, so it must. I think it's really, really awesome though, because it it does normalize it, and there's no like. And it did. It made it so normal to me that it never... Well, it's not shameful. When you hide things, that's shameful. You know, like, when you're like, well, you know, this is a secret and nobody can know, then you're like, well, why doesn't everybody need to know? Like, anything you hide yeah. in life becomes... It becomes like a dirty, you know, yeah. secret. Yeah. It's funny because I really, I don't know if this has me to do with me being adopted or if just my personality. I love it. I almost get a high from when I'm like watching a show and there's a big secret. And the moment that secret is revealed, oh, I love that shit. <laughs> oh, I could eat it up. Like uh, one of my favorite shows, Lucifer. He is the devil, like he's the actual devil. And he uh, goes around with a detective. He, at the end of a certain season, reveals accidentally his devil face to her. And like that moment, I was like, <gasps> Fox canceled the show. Assholes. Yeah, they ended on the biggest cliffhanger and uh, the showrunners were like so apologetic. They were like, we were so sure that the, it was going to get renewed. We would never leave it on a cliffhanger like that. But then Netflix swooped in. Save the show, order three more seasons. It's been pretty great. That's awesome. So I feel like it's necessary for me to say that my parents were and possibly are still Catholic. My dad's still Catholic. He's He was an altar boy. He knows the Latin prayers. Like, he's oh, yeah. My mom is sort of like a, I don't know. She's definitely like a Christian, but she also performed witchcraft with me. That's pretty awesome. I think all Catholics are secret witches, though. Well, go to the Vatican. The church is sort of just like sorcery, paganism light. Like your gods and goddesses are saints. Well, you know, I have my theory on that because I've always said this, and I really firmly believe this is that organized Christianity is really kind of like organized paganism, but one step further, maybe if you believe in this 
devil and God, which I don't really believe like in any separation, like the world loves to separate everything, but that it would be funny if like everybody was actually worshiping Satan, but they thought it was God. Well, right. Like they just changed the names. They just changed the names. And so, you know, it's like a blood sacrifice, like the body of God. We're going to eat it and drink the blood. Like that's weird. Okay. That's weird shit that you definitely stole from some other religion and jam-packed it into your own and renamed yeah, there's some there's some like serious sacrificial shit going yeah, on yeah. in the catholic actually by like jehovah's which by the way someone has explained to me that the jehovah's witnesses are apparently a cult nice. makes sense to me but i will not go into that because i'm not an expert on the subject if we can find an expert on the subject we could interview them oh we might have to do this i think we might the jehovah's they don't celebrate the pagan holidays they don't celebrate christmas which is secretly yule they don't celebrate easter which is easter they didn't even change the name on that no and they they uh they're not for the whole blood sacrifice stuff because they know that that's actually a tradition from a different religion that was sort of repackaged so that people would join Catholicism. And so my parents tried kind of half-heartedly to to Catholicize me, to Christianize me, which is funny because I'm a dirty heathen and I'm <laughs> God. It's great. that for me. I, I recommend it. I really do. Find your own gods, you know? Start worshiping things that you love and it'll bring peace and joy to your life. Absolutely. Do what you want to do. If you're a Christian, that's great. That's great. But I think understanding where things come from is important instead of just blindly following a regime or blindly following a faith. Yeah, like if you can find the old translations of the OG books, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. There's some good stuff in there. Jesus had a lot of nice things to say about capitalism. We can have a whole podcast on Jesus and capitalism. (laughs) I think that might be a good podcast. I think so, too. But uh, yeah, my parents sent me to Catholic school. They thought it was a better education than the public school. Boy, were they wrong. (laughs) Third grade, I told them that I felt oppressed, which is a word that I probably didn't learn from my Catholic school education. I probably just learned it from reading by myself. Well, it's interesting, though. Well, we, we always talk about the weird coincidences of life and our lives together and how I didn't know certain things about your parents and family. And those same similarities are within my own family structure. So it's it's odd. My brother and your sister having the exact same birthday. Yeah. And then our parents having very similar birthdays and then the Catholic shit and then just like weird coincidences coincidences too much no it's definitely like that's where you start to realize that there's something else going on who knows i gotta tell you if you're an atheist you might want to just turn out right now because we're gonna talk some spiritual (laughs) gobbledygook so yeah i went to catholic school they i remember they would make us go to church on like tuesdays or wednesdays and i'd sit next to my good friend allison who we really aren't friends anymore which is kind of a bummer because we've known each other since we were like two but whatever (laughs) we would sit in church next to each other and i'd have lots of questions and i would have my own theories and i would spout them off to her while she was trying to listen and be a good little catholic and (laughs) yell that and i'm like i have questions i'd be like well what if that what they really mean is this or what if instead of that what it really is is this or like what if this catholics don't like you asking questions like that i mean the jesuits do they're pretty chill i just i had the same thing and i'm not downing catholics i love the smell of frankincense and myrrh and like i said i'm a heathen and i realized that pretty early on in my my life and uh when my mom asked me if i wanted to be confirmed i was like but i don't believe any of this so no and she was like well people will give you a lot of money and gifts and i'm like that's not worth it to me I have integrity. I am. Right. How old are you when you get confirmed? Like 15? You're 15. I did the same thing. I, yeah, my I parents like gave me the whole shebang. And at the end, the priest looks at you and says, are you ready to devote yourself to the Catholic Church? And I was like, I'm fucking 15. I'm not ready to devote myself to fucking anything. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And Wait, Christ also fine. left the fucking church. So, and had very similar conversations with people back in the day. And I used that as a reference 
point and they were just like okay well we're not going to convince this little heathen to join our heathenistic ways yeah i have my own heathenistic ways thanks i like to pull from different religious traditions and sort of try and incorporate them into my own belief system without appropriating them um some of the meditation styles of tibetan buddhism really jive with me uh, i do believe in reincarnation i do too. I, I i know that we've all known each other like you are it, I mean, you can look at our, you know, our parents have the same astrology, your brother and my sister have the same birth date. Um, there's weird coincidences, but I do believe that you are, you find your people again and again to learn your lessons and that we, this isn't the first time we've been here. It's really interesting. I had this conversation with my mom, maybe less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my, we were friends growing up. I don't, we can't, I can't really say we're friends anymore. So like an acquaintance of ours, she's getting married and we were kind of talking about how we're not friends anymore. And I honestly think that I inspire uncomfortable, uncomfortableness in people a lot of times because from a very young age, I have figured out who I am. I mean, I I figured out my heathen pagan beliefs. That's pretty great. But I've always been very confident in who I am as a person. And that person has not really changed. Like I've learned new things and I've grown as a person, but who I am as a person, I've always been. And I think that makes some people extremely uncomfortable. I think authenticity is frightening because it holds a mirror up to you. And I think a lot of people are not living their lives authentically. I think a lot for a lot of us, it's it's not possible to do that because of financial constraints and social pressure. And there's a lot of things that people do because they think they have to, that they feel pressured into doing that they aren't living authentically. And I think that when you run into a really authentic person, it holds a mirror up to yourself. And what you see often isn't what you want. Well, but I think there's a huge call for authenticity more than anything, because people, people crave what hasn't been around, you know, like we grew up in this TV era, and everything was being sold to you. And there was this like, you got to live up to the neighbors and have this car and have this, this and have this life and fit into these boxes and nobody can fit into these boxes. And so most people are just saying, fuck it. Like, I don't want to live in the box. Yeah, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. But it does terrify a lot of people when you know who you are. You're at least comfortable in your own fucking skin. Because most people are trying to get there. They may not. They may, on their last breath, go, fuck! And that's when I really hope that people get to maybe do their life over in the next life. Make some different choices and, and, and grow. Have an experience of growth that you didn't get the opportunity in this life. And I feel like... But you have that opportunity every time you wake up. I mean, not to sound like a fucking self-help guru or some shit, but like every day is an opportunity today. And I feel like so many people, like let's take, for example, I never wanted to have kids. I remember being like five or six and not wanting to have kids. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable because they can't imagine their lives without their kids. And that's great. I'm glad you love your kids. Be pretty horrible if you didn't. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it makes people uncomfortable because a lot of those people who have kids have never made the decision to have kids. They just do it because that's what you do. You grow up, you you get a job, you go to school, you get married, you have kids. Like that's what people do. So they know, they look at me. That wasn't an option chooses not to and they're right. like what that was a choice i that's not a choice that's not a choice what's wrong with you yeah and the answer is nothing because no. if i were to have kids it would be inauthentic to who i am as a person well i think it's i mean it's funny because most of my girlfriends that i have don't have kids i mean i have of course some because you know you have kids you're gonna have moms of kids or whatever become yeah. your friends but the majority of my lifelong friends have chosen not to have kids and i think it's interesting that i would say like six out of my seven super close friends don't have kids but i think it's because i don't judge them i'm like good you know good like i'm glad you know i mean i because i gave you up for adoption i think always had a craving to recreate like a family or whatever. And that was something in my DNA that I wanted to create this 
family, but it was kind of delusional too, because it was this 16 year old mindset of like, I just want to have kids and be happy and we're going to have Christmas and everything's like rosy. And it's like, no, that's not the reality. The reality is this is really fucking hard. And you're raising a whole nother human being who has their own identity, their own karma, their own mental health issues. This is a fuck storm. Like this isn't what you signed up for, but maybe love them. There's something to be said about the fact that I have always been really confident with who I am and the fact that I don't have kids because I think on some level I knew that taking care of a whole other human being and their emotional and spiritual and physical growth, I that I'm not a caretaker. It's yeah. never been part of who I am. I struggle really bad if someone close to me is sick and I have to care for them because I it's it's hard for me. It doesn't yeah. come naturally to me. Yeah. No, that's good though to know that because think look at how many people actually feel that way and then they go ahead and do this out of some kind of like this is what I'm supposed to do and then you're stuck. You can't trying. undo it. You can't undo it. I mean, you know, there's a window. <laughs> there's a window for undoing that and uh it starts to close down and then you're that's a permanent thing and it's it not is. something that ends at 18. Or ends at oh, I'm almost 30. I'm still very much a part of my parents' lives, even when yeah. we've lived very, very far apart. I am still responsible for them as they feel responsible to me. Yeah, it's it's a lifetime. Forever. You yeah. don't ever not have kids. You will always have kids once you have kids. They will never go away. They might move out, but they're never going away. And you shouldn't want them to go away. Exactly. You shouldn't want them to be 18 out the door. You're going to have a relationship with them for the rest of your life. And you don't get to pick who they are. They are who they are. And I know it's been hard for my mom to raise me. I'm so different than what she is and what she expected. And I know that that was difficult because she worried that I would be bullied for being different. And I didn't give a fuck. I was like, come at me, bro. I'll cut you down with words you don't even understand. But she didn't really see that part of my personality. So she was more protective. Like she didn't want me to dress weird or act weird. Or she wanted me to wear makeup and do all these things that I had no interest in. And I just kind of we, we didn't get along when I was a moody teenager, but who does get along? Not with many. Teenagers? I mean, but the, it's funny because I, I mean, my mom was very similar in that. And I guess I should see it more as protection as, instead of just like pure anger. Uh, <laughs> because I always thought it was like, I did something wrong. You know, like I didn't like, it was wrong that I, I felt these things. And now that I'm older, of course, I realized that I was just a different kind of person and that's okay. Like there are a bajillion different kinds of people. And yeah. And that can be really hard though, because you expect your kids to be like you, you want them to be like you. But the gift is when they're not like you, because it stretches who you are and it makes you a better human being. And I mean, to let it happen. I mean, people resist that. Right. But I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating, but no matter what you choose in life, you're going to have growth take place. It doesn't matter if it's through, or you're going to not have growth take place. It depends on the kind of person you are. You might take every circumstance that walks into your life as an opportunity for growth, or you might take it as an opportunity to be a fucking asshole. I mean, There's that. There's a little of both. You know, there's been opportunities. You, you try and fall asleep at night. And you think about everything you wish you would have done differently. Every choice you could unmake or stupid things you did, stupid things you've said. And you want to be like, oh, I wish I never did that. Oh, I wish I never said that. But I think even just having those thoughts shows that you've grown from that place. Absolutely. And it's like, you're not supposed to be perfect. Nobody here is supposed to be perfect. I want to do the ceremony with my... 18 year old but I want to do an it's an egg ceremony and I, I probably uh, abducted this ceremony from another culture and I and I do apologize if I'm like messing it up royally but I had heard and I believe it's in South America that when something takes place like an injury to a child they would place an egg over the child's head and like basically take that injured thought or feeling and put it into the egg and then crack it into the earth and I was like you know it's really beautiful to take something physical and and remove something from yourself because we all store everything in our body oh, yeah. and in our souls but the like for your children to be able to say i know the things that i possibly fucked up 
pretty royally in your life, but it helped define and create who you are and do sort of a ceremony for every year and like put that over her head and be like, we're releasing this to the egg for that year of the thing I did. Yeah. Whatever that may be. And allows for a lot of open discussion that facilitates another kind of growth too. Hey, I wasn't perfect. You obviously know that. But I mean, I'm pretty transparent when it comes to my relationship with my kids. They talk to me about everything, things that make most people uncomfortable, things that make their other parent uncomfortable. I'm pretty comfortable in the uncomfortable. It's kind of where I hang. I've gotten to that point. And I think it's funny because a lot of the people around me are not at that point. And I love it because... um, because you make them uncomfortable. Yeah, and I kind of see that a little bit. Um, I don't know that that's a good thing uh, as a person, but... I think it is. I think it's weird. I hear so much weird spiritual shit. Like, you know, it's... it's. I get all the woo-woo and the hoo-hoo and all the shit. And I love it all. I think it's great. I, You know, I take it all in with a grain of salt. But something someone told me once was that, oh, you're from, you know, people always say you're an old soul or you're, you're an ancient one or all this stuff. And you know, but I make people uncomfortable too. And I think it is part of helping them see themselves, themselves, like holding up that big mirror that you were talking about. And then some people love it. And those are the people that love you. They're like, oh, yeah. enough of looking at themselves. They're like, Oh, I can't, you know, like, I love being with you. I can't get enough of my image. And then there are some people that are like, Oh, fuck, go away. Like, I don't so, like what I see. So this really came to me. I, I look at those Facebook memories. And one of my friends that I was talking about earlier had posted something like 10 years ago. And it was thank you for showing me my true self or something like that. And I was like, Oh, so that's what went wrong. Because we're not friends anymore. And I do think that a lot of times the people in my life, they come into my life kind of broken and damaged and they need help. And I provide that and then they just fucking leave. <laughs> like. But we all kind of terrible. Facilitate. I'm still here. I enjoyed your company. Where did you go? I don't know. I mean, there are some intersections that take place, I think, where people need to learn things from each other and then they move on. You know, like they. That's fine if it's a mutual decision, but what the hell? Don't just leave. That's so rude. We had a friendship. <laughs> I thought, you know, that it was out of mutual respect and love. And here it was you using me for my free therapist services, which my friends do a lot. And I'm, I usually don't mind. But lately, I've had well, I, you know, I would like to add that with this podcast, I think it's a good idea for people to write in. I like the idea of, you know, instead of us giving free therapy and free advice to friends, let's do like, you know, either a call in or a yeah. write in where people ask questions, what our opinions are. We have a lot. We have an email. If anyone wants to email us, I know it's probably mm-hmm. too early for anyone to hear this, but our email is icufm at gmail.com should you want to drop us a line. And we also have a, a Twitter at icufm if you want to uh, write into the show suggestions for topics. Anything, really. Anything. You know, dissertatory project, you know, just jump on in. Like, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're doing it because we have lots of experience, lots of life experience between the two of us, lots of different backgrounds, and we're open to everyone and learning. I want to learn while we're doing this. I want to interview people and learn just as much as I Just like a you know, like a circle jerk telling yeah. ourselves that we're great or something like that. We want to talk to people who tell us that we're totally wrong and introduce new things, new ways of thinking. And Well, to circle back though on two things for me, and maybe someone will say, oh, well, she's just saying that so that she can like feel good about the decision she's made in life. And isn't that what we all fucking do anyways? I mean, isn't that what everything is all about? like our beliefs in any sort of ways to just make, you know, reinforce and make us feel better about the things that we've chose to do with our lives. But spiritually, if you believe that there is something greater than you that created all of this and gave you the opportunity to like have this experience on the planet, that thing, which is neither 
male, female, plus whatever, like greater than you could fathom. Yeah. Is, you know, like to me, when people are like, that's a sin that you did this. It's like, really? Who the fuck are you to even say what a sin is or define that through your... In Spanish, the word sin means without. Well, and a of Latin origin. And I feel like if we were to really dig into the word sin, and we could if we wanted to. Oh, totally. We could pause this and start Googling shit. Sin means what we think it means. Most of what we say, we don't even realize. When people start spouting off quotes of this or that, or this is the apocalypse, which I think is so funny. The other day I Googled apocalypse because I was like, well, maybe this is the apocalypse. And all it means is the unveiling. It just means to reveal something. And in the sense, then we are in the fucking apocalypse. Yeah, things are being revealed. So, I mean, who knows what that means or why it is or what it is. I try not to judge too much. I do, but I don't. It's, you know, it's like, don't get hung up on the judgment part because I mean maybe like I don't know I, I just I feel like anything that created all of this wouldn't wouldn't judge us as harshly as we judge ourselves sometimes I'm not sure if it's like an entity that has will and thought or if it's more like a mathematical equation it just is it exists as part of the universe or if it's all of us together all of us together as a network almost I think but yeah, I mean we know. are the universe and then it could be all of the things that we don't understand and can't see and fathom is part of that network. And maybe all of that will be revealed at some point in time too. Like right. maybe when you die, maybe when you die or maybe next week when aliens come to visit and give us That's a nice. moment of like, what the fuck dude? Just like swing in and be like, y'all have been fucking shit up. Here's a clean source of energy. Get rid of your fossil fuels right now. We're going to help you. We're going to retrofit everything. Anyone tries to argue they are getting obliterated. We have laser beams. I would love it if like some sort of advanced race just popped in for like a chat and was like, we're going we're gonna to help you out. We're going to get water, clean drinking water to the people who don't have it. We're going to set up some sustainable farming practices that y'all can start getting on board with. We're going to redistribute all of the wealth of the planet because there's no point in having trillions and centrillions of money yeah. for one human being and then extreme poverty and like just gross gross so recently i started watching uh star trek like and they have a society that's moved beyond money and they don't really talk about the fact that they've moved beyond money but it's pretty beautiful it's it's like it's a nice little utopian escape from my day-to-day capitalistic reality you socialist <laughs> because they just you call me bastard. People have jobs and they they live their lives and everybody's real happy and nobody's stressed out about how are they going to eat this month or pay the electricity. It's just like people are having adventures and exploring the galaxy. It's great. Well, what do you think of this? And I, I this like okay, so this is sort of a white privilege idea. But then I, oh, and I, had, I had yes, it is. I, I'm I had this interesting thought though, because you know the new agey people are like manifest your destiny. It's what you right. believe, all that shit. Which in some ways I do kind of vibe with that. And and the the reason why I think it's like the inequality is because inequality even for manifesting for yourself, like if you can't believe or see something, it can't happen. And for so many communities, the idea of being able to see themselves a certain way has been deemed an impossibility. So the ability to manifest maybe has been hindered through our, you know, our like cultural domination or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. So I, I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense because when you you keep people in the systemic racism and you make them believe that they can't have certain things, then it then it hinders their ability to manifest those things for themselves. Like if you can't see it, you can't believe it or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's so- what representation is really about. And there have been some good discussions about representation as of late. And I read a really good quote that I'm going to paraphrase and butcher. And it was the discussion of how like vampires don't have reflections, how monsters don't have reflections. And that when you don't see yourself reflected in society and culture that you yourself will internalize that and make makes you feel like a monster. That's true. 
That's very true. And I mean, and it's like, how do you undo that? I think it's, it's unraveling and it is undoing itself in a lot of ways. And, and it's beautiful. Like I, I love all of the things that I'm seeing happen and the unraveling of a lot of different systems, but it's not happening fast enough. And of course, for me, I can say, I love seeing this happen. I'm so white privileged. And, and the reality is, is that it's, it's not happening fast enough. Like we No, and it's happening in a messy, violent, unpleasant, like we're seeing people get killed. We're seeing people get attacked. We're seeing all sorts of horrible stuff that's been going on. Now that we have the videos to record it, we're able to really see what's happening. It's not new. But the newness is that people are actually like pulling together and saying, fuck this no more and getting governments involved and standing on people's lawns and demanding that change happens. And Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, like that's all we have to say. Like when is justice going to be served? Louisville, Kentucky. I'm sorry, Louisville. I don't know how you properly pronounce it. Louisville, Louisville. Someone from Kentucky, tell me how to pronounce this. Um, They have been in protest nonstop. It's not being covered by the news, but they have been protesting. And and there's been protests like this in Chicago and in lots of places that have been continuous along with Portland. But Portland's a very white city. So Portland gets the attention. Of course. And I love Portland. White moms get attention. I'm telling you. Yeah. And and I love Portland. I'll defend Portland to my dying breath. It's my my love. That is what's happening. It's because it's a whiter city. That's a whole nother conversation. Like, I don't even know. We need to talk about racism in Oregon and the fact that Oregon was founded by white supremacists for white supremacists. There is an entire history that needs to be talked about. In every city, though, I mean, the tunnels that you drive through in North Carolina, they were built by slaves. Like now I look at everything around me in a different way, anywhere I am, anywhere I am, in every state I'm in. And when I was a little kid, I would, I read uh, Trail of Tears and I bawled my eyes through it. And all I could think of is that, you know, fuck, this country is built on the bodies of beautiful people. And And even even those nations, I think they were called the five civilized tribes, the Cherokee and Choctaw and Seminole. I can't remember the other two. I'm a monster. I'm sorry. Um, They own slaves. We don't talk about that. Nobody talks about, but it's like slaves were shipped across the country with them. That's not talked about when we talk about the Trail of Tears. We don't talk about the fact that those slaves also went across the Trail of Tears. And that like most of this country is built by slaves and that most of this country is built on the murdering and appropriation of so many cultures. And it was supposed to be the land of the free, which maybe we'll get there. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. And then like you hear these spiritual people that say like, you know, all this was going to happen, spiritual revolution. Like I've been listening to this from so many different gurus and yogis and all these people you know, for the past fucking couple decades that we're headed for a spiritual revolution and it's going to happen. And then we're going to get to this more like utopian place. And so that would be awesome if the regime that's in right now is to expose all the ugliness and ills and that people actually see racism and and poverty and hunger and and want to solve these issues more than issues you know these systemic atrocities um, i mean it's 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 a nightmare and we don't live in that nightmare for the most part i mean we live nightmare adjacent nightmare adjacent and so many people feel hopeless though so like by the end of this podcast in an hour you know can we solve the ills of the world probably not we can't solve probably the world's not. Problems, but if you don't we can try and make you feel better one week at a time we're not the kind of people who are just in it for ourselves we are legitimately trying to make the world a better place as cheesy as that sounds and thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. You are the real MVP. Appreciate you.